Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. But first, today we have a couple of interesting call-ins from Nathan and Megan, two very different questions. Nathan is going to be asking me a question I get asked all the time. When your business is derailed, what do you do? Do you reinvent it or should you actually quit? You might be surprised by the answer. I'm going to hear from Megan a little bit later, who's a fabulous worker, but she doesn't want to raise. She doesn't want to change her employment. All she's worried about is being smart enough. Ah, Listen in. I've got some good advice for her and for you. Hey, Barbara, this is Nathan from Glendale. I wanted to know, when is a good time to reinvent a business? Maybe it was working at some point in time in the past, but things have gotten kind of sluggish over a long period of time. At what point is it time to tell the public, okay, we are reinventing it because it didn't serve our purposes. This is one of the other, some guidelines in regards to when to reinvent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long have you been in business? Ooh, uh, I would say about seven years. Yeah, that's long enough to know you're going to stay in business for the most part, because most businesses fail within the first two years. So you've gotten through the woods, right? Uh, when did you feel that business was starting to slack off? I'd say uh, a year. It was very difficult to land our first set of customers. Mm-hmm. I would visit car dealerships and various other businesses to see if they would hop on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so you know, it's, it's a software company that does messaging. And we had a few car dealerships using our system to send out text messages mm. to their customers. Important to, to sales. Reminders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just reminders. It was conversations, and those were all recorded. It's kind of like a multi-users platform. So if one customer service representative was not available, it would bounce over to another. When we designed it in its heyday, it seemed like there was nothing else that was out there. Within that first year, I could start sensing that this is a little bit tough and we needed to pivot. Mm -hmm. But we had spent so much of our time and money Mm. to set up the software in such a way that we thought was going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And we just ran out of resources to be able to switch into something that would be more applicable to a vertical market. So you stayed with it for six more years with the same model? We had already invested all of our money up front. We had done tests and the tests seemed to have been working. Those that were interested were ready to say, okay, I'm ready to try it out with my company and Either those companies went out of business Mm -hmm. or my friends that were managers at those places got let go for whatever reason. And it was just one little problem after the next in regards to marketing and sales. Technologically speaking, it was great. But I started to lose confidence in myself and wanted to basically fire myself and get someone else to replace me as a salesperson. That's an extreme reaction. I mean, very open-minded, which I adore you for. I'm hoping you don't have kids because if they're like a little out of line, you might kill them (laughs) and ask for a new kid kind of a thing. (laughs) But this is a part that's not adding up for me, if I could be so bold. If it wasn't working within the first year, yet in business six years later, so you continued your business with the same model, For the last six years? The last few years, I've just been keeping it open just to show 
someone else who would want to hire me for something else to show them what I've accomplished. In terms of keeping it going, it's not very expensive because we've set it up in such a way it's very economical. But you're not making much money on it by just, quote, keeping it going. Exactly. Okay. Well, A, I have to be direct and tell you, you are already out of business. Because anything that yes. languishes on the vine is keeping it going. It's not the nature of a business. A business is robust. It gets cash coming in. You have your plateaus. You have your good days, your bad days. But there's a life to it. I almost feel like you have a sick patient and you don't want to pull the plug. You know, that kind of a thing. In hindsight, which is, of course, the best view of life because it's so easy and so comfortable to look back and go, I wish I should have, could have. Okay. But the time, just for other people who are in that same circumstance now in the current day, I think the time to reinvent a business, and you don't always need resources. You need to have an open mind, which you clearly have. The time to reinvent a business is the minute you can sniff out a sense that things are not going well. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to hire more people, spend more money on technology. What it means always, I feel, because I've had to reinvent my business and myself time and time again to stay prosperous and growing in every regard. But the time to do it is immediately. And sometimes all it really takes is putting your ear to the ground to get feedback from the people as to what went wrong. We all tend to, by our nature, when things go wrong, to hide from them initially because you're hoping for the best if you're an optimist. And if you are in business for yourself, uh, you're an optimist. Why would you have done it in the first place? So you tend to hide from yourself, then justify yourself, and then accept what's going on. So I think there's a timeliness to change that has to hit immediately. The minute you send something's off, bang, bang, let's change, change it. And to change it doesn't mean fundraising all over again. It's a difficult fundraise to say, hey, my wrong model, let's reinvent today's modern word is pivot. I hate it. It means I lost the last guy's money. Let me try to lose yours or let me take a better shot. Mm. I think it has to be immediate when anything gets sluggish, okay? You had also written to me, how do you tell the public or your customers that, okay, we're stopping now or we're reinventing ourselves because yes. it didn't serve yes. our purpose? That sounds to me like an apology. I always think everything's got to be packaged. So for me, my message Messaging, if I was nailing that something wasn't going well and I wanted to find out, it's kind of like uh, we are creating a new version, okay? And we really need your feedback as to what could be improved. And so when you make the announcement, the new improved version, because you never want to apologize. I mean, it's good in love affairs, but it's not good in business. What they want to do is they want to associate with the winner. Same action, but what you're saying is we would love to talk with you. Have a minute or do a survey online or any way you could get your nose close to the ground so you could sniff out what's really off and what you can change. Very often, all it needs is a repositioning or targeted at a new or different audience. But you don't find mm -hmm. out unless you listen hard. Okay. With your business right now, if I was a betting person, I feel like Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank, honestly, I would say maybe <laughs> take it out behind the barn and shoot it, as he says, which I don't think he's allowed to say anymore. But the reason for that is you need to fill in the blank with something new. And sometimes when you free yourself of that, just really let yourself go. You'd be shocked at how your mind makes space for something new. By the virtue of cleaning mm -hmm. a closet, all of a sudden you go, whoa, there's a new outfit I could stick in there. 
I don't mean to discourage you if when I'm saying these words, you're saying, I'm not going to let this go. If in your gut, you say, I'm not going to let this go. That, that's a fire in the belly. And that means a lot. But if you're like agreeing yeah. with me, yeah, it would be better. But it takes courage to move on. People think it takes courage to stick with shit. I'm telling you, it takes courage just as much to move on when you have a failure in your hand. And my first business was a dismal failure. My second almost mm -hmm. business was a dismal failure. It was my third business and my 23rd job that became the success. So thank God I had no shame or or was too uh, low IQ to acknowledge that I was a loser, maybe. Moving on, moving on. What's next? What's next? Looking at your face here, hearing how articulate you are, what a clean communicator you are, and by your nature so honest, I would have to say that you have a lot of businesses stuffed inside you. You just have to let them come out. But while you have this guy lingering on the vine, I don't believe that's going to happen. You could piss away so many years just by letting something linger on. If I can be very frank and to add to that. Why not, Nathan? You've been so far. <laughs> Go ahead. See, I got married in 2015 and we've had two children since then. Uh, and so just getting the time and energy and courage to go and start a clean slate and maybe mm. even go to school to mm. relearn from these misfortunes and possibly even, you know, grow my network or come up with new creative strategies. All these different sort of things that I was hoping to do, they all got sidelined. Yes, for good reason. The best reason in the world. Oh, thank you. I, I've got to tell you, it's, it's sometimes hard to realize that, yes, this is going to be worth it. I just have to be patient. It's one of these things where you pray for children and all of a sudden it happens and then mm. you go, wait a second, God, what exactly did I really pray for? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, I want to say thank you for being as honest as you are with me. And I just have one other thing, and that yes, is, yes. You know, would you ever encourage some founder like myself to ever go back to school and to get a better understanding of maybe the fundamentals, things like that in regards to getting an MBA or a master's or something along those lines? Mm. I'll tell you my, uh, my knee-jerk reaction to that. Schooling for the sake of schooling, unless you're filthy rich mm -hmm. and you're living on a yacht, I don't believe in. Okay, I believe in schooling for a purpose. Having an MBA is a nice calling card. It means less and less as time goes on because so many people have it. Mm -hmm. I believe any kind of schooling or any kind of job makes sense. And I'm more in the direction of the job front because it's hands-on experience in the street you know, playing in the traffic out there than being mm -hmm. in a classroom and learning how to do something. There's a space for schooling, but I would instead ask myself, what do I feel like I really am burning to know? And how do I get that knowledge? Now, sometimes that's a job. Sometimes it's a low-level job where you have to crawl back up in a different industry, but boy, do you learn. Yeah, Maybe an internship? an internship, whatever it takes. But I think you should spend a little time on seeing what you care about. What do I most want to learn? And then an honest thing, and you've got the honesty card, so this one's going to be easy for you, whereas for a lot of people it's not. What am I lacking and what do I feel passionate about? It doesn't mean you have to feel passionate with the kind of clarity with, okay, I know what I feel passionate about. I feel passionate about tissue paper that can really be absorbent. I'm not talking about inventing an exact product or exact service. I'm talking about, I feel passionate about technology. Something about that is phenomenal. And then what don't I know and wish I knew? And then what do you have to do to get it? And whether that be school, mm -hmm. job, you, you yourself volunteer right away. Open mind is internship. 
Okay. That's smart thinking. I would get rid of the old garbage, get rid of the business, maybe mm. even find some mm. sucker to sell it to who can make something of it, but give that about a month and that's all, you know? There are people that can turn something around. They see a different view of it. It's like why second marriages are very often happier than first. The new guy sees the mm. wife, she's hotter than you ever saw, you know? So that's mm. a possibility, but mm. more importantly, end it and move on. I think you're very capable of sizing up exactly what you need to move on. Just give that a little thought. Thank you. Okay. Thank you also for asking the question behind the question. Oh, I didn't you know, know I did that. I, I'm I, a nosy hole. <laughs> I mean, I never would have thought our conversation would have gone in this direction. And, and I'm very grateful for that. You've touched upon so many things that I would expand upon if we were in a different situation. But I just want to say thank you very much. That my, was very insightful. My pleasure, Nathan. And enjoy your kids and your wife, right? Bye. Have a great one. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love, my friends at On Deck Business Loans. Now let's get back to the show. Hi, Barbara. My name is Megan, and I'm calling you from Long Island. I've worked for a wonderful organization for the last 10 years, and we've recently been going through some significant rapid growth. I'm passionate about this organization, and I feel like I must rise to the occasion and develop new skills in order to be an asset. So my question to you is, what can I do to increase my value with a rapidly growing company? Thanks so much for this opportunity to learn from you. Love the podcast. Okay. And tell me a little bit about the organization. Have you been there a while? What do you think of it? Are you happy there? Oh, sure. Yes. I've worked for the organization for the last 10 years. I've seen us go from a small company to a mid-sized company. Uh, I'm really passionate about the organization and seeing the growth that we've been going through over the last year or so makes me feel like I should take some new steps. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your advice for what I might be able to do to grow my value in a growing organization. Okay. Well, first of all, if you have two bases already covered, you've got passion screaming from you. Uh, which I'm sure is felt every day on the job by whoever you're rubbing shoulders with, whether it be your oh, colleagues, you. whether it be your bosses. I'm sure they hear your passion, see your passion and your attitude. That is hard to fake, passion and attitude when you don't have it, to suddenly come up with it. So you have the background or the context already laid down perfectly. If you're loving them and it sounds like you love the business as it's been growing, I'm sure they love you back. Because I've never met anyone I really liked who didn't like me back. And I've never met anyone I really didn't like who didn't like me back. It's just like you get what you give out, that kind of thing. I agree. Okay, so they love you. So you've got that base covered, okay? The rest of it is very, very easy. If I were to ask you what skills do you feel you're lacking in this growing organization that would put you ahead, what would you say that is? You know, I, I think uh, ultimately what I'm lacking is I don't know what I don't know. So being with this organization for the last 10 years, this has been, besides jobs in high school, the only organization that I've worked with. So I've seen us grow so much. Mm. Uh, but now that we're bringing new people in and I'm seeing all the other things that people have to bring to the table, it makes me wonder, what can I do? So I'm not sure what skills I'm lacking. Mm. Well, what position do you have right now? I'm in communications. Okay. And what do you do as a communications person in this growing business? Well, I help represent the company. I engage with our consumers to make sure that they're having the best experience, to make sure that the company, as we grow, especially company-wide, is representing ourselves in the best way and that everyone is on the same page with how we represent the organization. So you're really establishing the front face of the business and clear communication for the members within the company? Yes, with the members of the company and how the company presents to the consumers. So I interface with our colleagues and the consumers. Okay. Do you interface with the people who own the business? 
Oh, yes, very much. You have a direct report to the people who own and run the business. I can. They are not specifically my direct report, but because I've been with the company from since it was a small company, I know them and they're willing to take my questions and feedback. So I do have access to them. When you say communications, are you the head of that department? No, mid-level. Mid-level. And how many people are above you in the communication department? Right now, just one. And you really like the communications piece of the business? Oh, yes, very much. Yeah. I'm enjoying this thoroughly. Yeah. And what about the person on top of you? Anything wrong with them? Can you knock them out? No, absolutely not. Actually, that person has been quite a mentor to me. She's been extremely helpful in my growth. Wow. Lucky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been wonderful. I I feel very lucky to be here. (laughs) So if you wanted to learn what you don't know, what would its purpose be? It's not to knock your boss out. It's not to get their spot instead of yours. It's not to change departments because you seem to love communication. Is it a practical thing that you want to learn things so that you could use it to get ahead in the business? Or is it a self-improvement thing that you want to feel totally capable within your chest that I know this cold and I'm at the edge of whatever's new in the space? Which is it that your goal is? I definitely think it's the latter. As we grow, I feel like I need to grow too. I don't want to stay stagnant. So growing myself and making sure um, I'm at the same rate that this company is going so I can represent it in the best way possible. That's what I'm interested in. But in the same position you're in now, right? Yes. I mean, I'd like to grow in this position, but yes, in, in the same position, the same department. Okay. And is the growing in that position, is its goal that you make more money? Or is it again with the idea that you feel more self-confident that you know what you don't know? It's certainly both. I, I will always take more money, but I want to feel confident that as this company grows, I can represent it in the best way possible. Well, I would take that exact pitch that I just heard from you, which is 150% heartfelt, 150% well-motivated, You're not a complainer. I I bet you've never complained about a thing in your life, honestly. (laughs) I would take that exact pitch to the person on top of me, your mentor, once you've decided how you're going to get that information. How do you get that information? Through courses, through seminars, through a higher level of degree? How would you accumulate more information to accommodate you as a better communications person? Exactly. That was actually one of my questions as I was wondering, is going back to school and getting my master's degree the right move? Is it overrated? Do you have any advice on that? I think for most people, it's grossly overrated. (laughs) It takes you out of the workforce. I think you can learn a lot in an MBA program on how to do things. I think it qualifies you more for getting a new position, getting better pay. People feel like they have to pay for that. It can also take you out of a spot where you can't be considered for the position because you look too pricey. So it can work for or against you. But I don't think that's what I'm hearing from you between the lines or even exactly what you're saying. I don't hear you saying that you feel like you're poorly educated and that that's the golden key to knowing what you don't know before being so drastic like that, and then the company loses you or you have to go to school at night, endless hours, I would certainly think of how else you could get chunks of communication in the exact areas you need them by way of seminars, specific courses, go to a conference in your field. I would go to the person that I reported to and say, I want to know what I don't know. I feel like every time I learn something, I find a way to use it within this business. I'm madly in love with this business. I have the attitude, the passion for the people. I've worked here 10 years. I've known no other business. I have no design to go anywhere else. This is my baby. It's my first love. I'll always be here. Reassurance, reassurance. But I would like some help on education. 
Okay. And what I would like the help with is I'm wondering if the company would consider paying for half of anything that I feel is worthwhile for me to sign up for. I'm willing to put my money on the table for that, but I'd like the company to pay half to make it easier for me. I actually thought of going back for an MBA, but I'm thinking maybe that's not a good idea because I would leave you and I learned from you, Miss Mentor, whatever her name is, day in and day out. And that's my best education. But I want to go outside the company to really get smarter at what I'm doing. And I'm wondering if you could help me accomplish accommodate this. That's fantastic. That's extremely helpful. That's exactly one of the things that I was wondering when I was going between, you know, whether to go back to school. I think conferences and seminars also make a lot of sense. And also with a growing company will, you know, depend on what their needs are. So they could probably provide that advice as well on, you know, which route to take. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add something else to the mix that I think you should keep your eye on. All right. Yeah. When you go to these seminars, and I would, before you go into your boss, really look up what you really want to take. What seminar, where is it in Las Vegas in six months' time, is going to take you out of the workforce for four days, da-da-da, whatever, okay? Single seminars, locally, whatever. I would definitely try to get yourself, after the very first one as a speaker, you would make a great speaker. And by being a public speaker, representing your company, the whole company gets to write up with you. You would be fabulous, and I'm sure you have more to teach than you have to learn because you're one of those people that's self-effacing and not braggadocio and not demanding for what you want, okay? And as a result of that, those kinds of people, and I consider you a perfect example of the kind of person that has a lot to give if given a podium. Make sure you start volunteering. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Yeah, you'll learn a lot and will make you swim with other people that know a little bit more than the next guy. Puts you in the right situation, I believe. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you for calling in. Bye. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.